Welcome to Witches Being Witches. Spiritual besties chatting all things stars, skin, science, sex, and self-love. I'm Tara, Ayurvedic consultant, cosmic witch, and Vedic astrologer. And I'm Emily, qualified naturopath, holistic skin witch, and founder of natural skin and lifestyle brand, The Purist Collection. Witches Being Witches is for the woman who is ready to reclaim her power, dares to take up space, and expresses herself fully. A witch is a woman who embraces nature, its cycles, and knows that she is magic. Welcome, Welcome fellow witch. We are so happy you are here. Welcome to episode 46, Unlocking the Secret Language of Your Body with Ina Segal. Ina is an international recognized healer, teacher, professional speaker, author, and pioneer in her field of energy medicine and human consciousness. We were so excited to interview Ina for this episode. Mm. We, you have heard her be mentioned on this podcast so many times because we are constantly referencing her work and especially in clinic, like I reference her work all the time and I told her this actually and I got her to sign a copy of my book as well, which was so <laughs> special um, because, yeah, I just think it's such an important part of looking at health and wellness and your healing journey really holistically by taking into account not only what is happening physically but looking at the underlying emotion and um, thoughts and behaviours and patterns that kind of contribute to that as part of looking at things like I said really holistically so Mm. yeah we were so thrilled to have her on the podcast yeah her work is just incredible and uh we were lucky enough to spend some time with Ina um after the episode and she is just so humble Mm. and the real deal um so it was yeah really special to record this with her while she was in Perth Mm, yeah we were yeah we saw um on her Instagram actually one day when we were talking about her book we were like oh let's have a look and Mm. the first post that we saw was that she was coming to Perth and we were like okay right this is a sign we have got to interview her on the podcast and yeah I think like you said T like she really is the real deal just the authenticity and Mm. honesty and vulnerability was so refreshing to hear yeah um I really think you witches are going to really love this episode yeah, and she is just coming out with her new book. It hasn't yet been released, but I have a copy in my hands, mm-hmm. Understanding Modern Spirituality. Um, I'm really excited to to read this and, yeah, I've had a bit of a skim through and I can't wait. Yeah. So, yeah, enjoy this episode. Welcome, Ina. We are so lucky to have you here in person. So exciting. Yeah, um, and I are such fans of your work. So, yeah, we're very excited to deep dive into this conversation with you. Yeah, thank you for joining us. Before we get started, uh, can you tell us your sun, moon and rising? And I've just looked up your, your Vedic, so... Did you want me to? Can you? (laughs) (laughs) Take it away, Tara. (laughs) So your sun is Gemini, your moon is Pisces, and your ascendant is also Gemini. So double Gemini uh, there. And we were just discussing how in the Vedic text, Gemini is always pictured as the male and female. And so really that mastering of both the masculine and the feminine energies and that equality 
and um, can definitely see that so much in your work and also having your moon in Pisces, that deep um, spiritual element. Uh, so, yeah, summing you up there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, and do you know your human design, Nina? I do, but remind me again of which it's been a while since the There's <laughs> the manifesting generator. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, yeah yes. I was going to say. <laughs> most of our guests <laughs> are. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> um, and so we would love to know, Ina, how did you get onto this path mm. of being an intuitive healer, um, an author, um, and just, yeah, an incredible spiritual intuitive mm. Um how did this path start for you? I think that um, it probably starts a lot earlier than when we're actually recognising, mm. you know, recognise that it actually started. But I can say that, you know, for me, like for most people, pain was a great and wonderful motivator. <laughs> and it's... I guess, you know, it occurred pretty early on in my life. So I had a lot of um, back pain and issues around skin, which... Yes. <laughs> I know, you know, Excited to hear about. <laughs> so, and it was, you know, mainly to do with psoriasis and mm. um, something that a lot of people in my family had. And then I had digestive problems and in combination, all of that kind of felt like a lot to handle for someone who's, you know, in their teenage years. And mm. I was seeing, going round and round in circles, seeing a lot of people. But as I have explained many times to people, I my attitude at the time was very victim-like. And, you know, why is this happening to me? What's wrong with me? You know, why can't anyone help me? And actually whenever I'd go anywhere and there was a point where I was seeing somebody five days a week to mm. help because my back was really degenerating quite quickly and my attitude was, you know, you know more, you're the one who's going to heal me, transform me, you know, and um, that kind of changed at a, in a moment where I wake up one day and I was in agony and I couldn't actually turn my body. I was so stuck. And I went to see this chiropractor who I had been seeing probably for a year. Mm. He was maybe, I don't know, five minutes, maybe less um, of a drive away. And I remember really experiencing what it was like to be out of your body because um, every stone, every rock mm. was just... Like, I cannot stay in this body. This, this is too much pain. Mm. And by the time I got to his office, and, and he's one of the most relaxed, easygoing people. And so he came out of the like – he'd heard, obviously. And he he didn't even ask me to come into the office. He just came out and he was like, you know, so your body's stuck. And I, <laughs> I said to him, yeah, I know that part. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do about it? And there was silence and he really looked at me and, and he, and I could see that things were going on in his head and he just said nothing. And I said, what do you mean nothing? And he said, well, I just feel like your body wants to be stuck. Go home. So on the way home, I was enraged, I have to say. I was mm. so mad. Like, how dare you say this to me? And, but there was this inkling, this 
thought that started to take form and it was why is it that my body is um completely different to what I want you know what I think I want and you know and is there a language which to me essentially seemed like Japanese it was like I do not know this language this is and it is a symbolic language you know Mm. but at that time it was like you know I have no clue what this is but this thought that came you know and then most people lose a lot of energy from being in that victim state which yes. I spent a lot of time in mm-hmm. <laughs> at mm-hmm. that time at that point and you know just being depressed and drained and in that moment of anger and rage I actually turned it turned into something empowering which was like oh my god I have spent so much money so much time so much energy going to other people how come they don't know so they don't have the answer, they don't have the ability to help me. So that actually means I've got to come back to myself and I have to take charge. And I really feel like something aligned in me and it was kind of like the thinking, the feeling centre, the will centre. I felt like all of me aligned to go, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to heal. I don't know how. Mm. Uh, And Again, people focus on the how and they actually miss the point. They're, they're like, how, 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 how? Um, and for me, it was like, I, I just know why I want to heal now. Mm. It's not about the how. And I'm going to figure out the how. You know, It's not even important. And so when I got home, I started, um, I, I kind of went, okay, what's the first step and again this is a problem for most people is that they want the last step or they want the last three steps you know before they end Mm -hmm. and to me it was like well what's the first step what is it that I need to do and you know can I ask myself is there wisdom inside of me and the thought that came to me was well the first thing is if I actually want to understand my pain I've got to befriend it and what does that mean it means that rather than holding my breath being tense mm. I need to breathe into the pain and um, stop resisting it so it was just literally step one which is what I did and then the next step was that occurred to me because once you know step one you can ask about step two but you can't ask before you've done step one and you know it occurred to me that now I needed to you know my mind started coming up I'd been I spent a lot of time in the victim like most people so it was doubting and I had um spoken to this lady uh who was an author before that and she said to me one thing that was really helpful and she said doubt the doubt Mm -hmm. so I went okay I'm gonna count backwards from 30 because that's all I know how to do um in terms of just get my mind busy in something and then as I was doing that, it um, occurred to me that I didn't actually know whether what I believed in in terms of the divine, I just knew I had, I didn't know either way. Mm. You know, and I was like, look, I'm open and I, I get that I don't know. And so if there is, and so that, that was the thought, if there is something divine out there, then I'm asking for help now. Mm-hmm. You know, I was quite clear about the now bit. <laughs> mm. And um, when I did that, I just remember there was this warm energy that went through mm. my body. And as I had my eyes closed, I, I literally saw this gold light and I was like, 
something's happening, mm. you know. And then another thought came and that thought was, I wonder what my body would look like if I could see it. And again, I don't even know where those thoughts came from. It was just one after another. Mm. And at that point, it, it was probably one of the strangest experiences I had where I literally felt like the light went on and I could see my back. Like it was an x-ray vision, you know. Mm. And when I saw it, I, you know, I had a bit of a shock and a fright. But then again, as I was in that experience of asking questions and exploring I started saying well okay where did this come from but not from a place of victim at that point because mm. that blocks you but mm. from a place of curiosity and mm. actual I, I want to understand and more I think mm. objectivity and so at that point I'm very visual as well so mm. I um this language of the soul I feel mm. was um, revealed and you know and this language comes through symbology and archetype and feeling and color and so I saw an image um, and it was um, an archetype of my child of the of my childhood of um, I guess the inner child and there was trauma there relating to moving to Australia when I was pretty young couldn't speak the language and I felt quite rejection and bullying and and not just felt experience mm. and i could see that there was a part of me that was that had no support no structure because the back is structure right mm. so there was no structure to hold my back up so it just kept you know i kept losing that structure and 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 not being able to walk or mm. and even though it happened you know when i was a, when i was a lot younger nothing had changed so it just kept repeating that and replaying it and then and, I, and as I saw it it was like a meeting you know it's like meeting something mm. in yourself that from a more awakened place and in that meeting something strengthens in the part of you that essentially I talk about this a lot that has been stunted Mm. you know that couldn't grow anymore because it was abused or it was hurt mm. and from there I kind of went into um the image change once I, I felt I, that I understood and I had compassion for that part of me we moved into and uh, the next part of the understanding of what was creating this situation and I actually saw an image of my parents and they had always had let's just say in the younger years they had a very conflictual relationship where you know they're European they're passionate people they argued a lot they you know and um I essentially felt that when I came home it wasn't a safe environment and it wasn't mm. an environment where I could just let go and relax there's a lot of tension there mm. and that tension again was like I didn't feel like they could hold me because they couldn't hold themselves. They were mm -hmm. in, you know, this constant um, challenge within their own relationship, mm. you know, which a lot of children experience, mm. not anyone, obviously. And so in holding that, again, it created both digestive issues and it also created, you know, the weakening in my back because 
I felt like, you know, it, when we have that language already, yeah. I felt like they didn't have my back because they didn't have yeah. their own. Yeah. yeah. They didn't know if they'd stay together. If they, well, what, it, it just yeah. it was chaos constantly. And, and again, that image changed. And then um, something really interesting occurred, which was I saw an image of my grandparents and both of them had gone through major trauma and war and loss and they never really felt it or confronted it because, mm. you know, so they numbed it. Mm. And it was really interesting later on, I learned that so much of what we experience is not necessarily just, you know, from my parents, but yeah. actually much more from my grandparents mm. Yeah. Um, in terms of ancestry. And so, and I had a very strong connection with them as well. And I just felt like... Uh, in particular, this was more to do with my digestive system that I just could not, like they couldn't digest their experience yeah. and what happened, and you know, and I took on that frozen energy, so I couldn't digest my own because I, you know, because I had theirs yeah. inside of me as well. Mm. And on top of that, you know, and that was also creating the skin condition and the irritation, and mm. you know, so a lot of it was coming back to this foundation of I don't feel safe and I don't feel supported, Yeah, right? And mm. most people can relate to that. And the last thing that showed up, which is really interesting as well and very common, was that as a child I really wanted to help people, you know, mm. like children do. And what would happen is I had – you know, I would be around people and I didn't know that I would be absorbing all their energy mm. and that I was like a sponge. And so they would feel better and I would always feel whatever they were going through yeah. the next day. And I realised there's some learning that needs to happen. I, I cannot keep doing that. And essentially that those four big insights happened that particular night and I fell asleep which was, I think, one of the best sleeps I had, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah, at that point. And the next day I remember waking up and my back was straight. It wasn't twisted as it had been. And I would say 70% of the pain that I had been dealing with was gone. And I, I remember thinking, maybe if I don't move, I can, you know, yeah, <laughs> I, like, I can continue with no pain like because it is such a relief. Um, and essentially I didn't really do much moving for the next three weeks, you know, because I, I just felt I needed to explore this terrain mm -hmm. that I didn't understand. And um, three weeks later, most, you know, I would say, I mean, the back pain disappeared and, you know, with the exceptions of um, little tiny um moments where maybe I've worn too many high heels for too long. <laughs> <laughs> um I've never had back pain and you know and the psoriasis disappeared within the three mm. weeks. Um and again, you know, if I would go to a potentially you know, a very stressful moment there might be yeah. one tiny little thing that shows up but nothing like it was. Um the digestive system was a lot harder because Essentially, it had so much ancestry in it, and mm. and I still feel like there's um you know with a, with the digestive system you kind of have to deal with whatever's happened in that day, yeah. as well as processing whatever you've picked up, 
And I think my biggest challenge with it has been to process what my grandparents have gone through Mm. um, and the horror of it. And I think the moments where I have looked at it, it's been so overwhelming and, and painful that I've gone, let's come back to this when I have more strength, you know. Mm, and so yeah. there's wisdom in it, yeah. you know. And uh, and this one I feel, you know, I probably feel the best in terms of now in my mm. life in terms of that area. Would I say it's completely healed? I don't know. Mm. You know, I mean, I, I don't feel any physical issues, but I don't know that I've fully processed what, you know, they've gone through because mm. I guess there's a part of me that goes, you know, do you really want to go and feel those feelings mm. um, based on prior experiences mm. or is it okay to just go bit by bit, you know, yeah. when that mm-hmm. show mm-hmm. shows up? And so I think I've chosen the bit by bit because I just think mm. there's, there's too much that happened there mm. um, that is, you know, for hard for a human to comprehend, mm. you know, even though we have horrible things constantly happen in the world. Mm. But anyway, coming back to that, I also discovered um, after the three weeks, I actually had this very funny experience where I, I had been studying to be a writer. I thought I was going to... It was always going to be a thing that I wanted to do, but I thought I'd write fiction. And um, I had a friend of my um, ex-partners who came over and she was an amazing writer. She'd read me some of her work and and we were sitting in the computer and and I was like, you know, she's helping me. And then, you know, we're chatting and all of a sudden I look at her and I see this image of a cartoon-looking liver and it was literally above her head. Uh, and my, um, you know, I guess reaction was just fluttering my eyes and, and, and kind of going, if I close them, I look the other way, this will disappear because this is weird. <laughs> <laughs> and then she saw them. She's like, is, are you okay? Do you have something in your eye? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, I said to her, can I... Am I able to ask you a really strange question? And she said, yeah, sure. And it was a really hard thing for me because, to be honest, because I thought I was going to be – I actually thought I was going to be an actress and a writer. Mm. I paid zero attention when we were in science classes or biology Mm -hmm. or whatever. Anything to do with the body did not really have any interest to me the same as I couldn't understand why I should learn French until <laughs> later. It's like, damn, <laughs> why did I pay no attention? Um, so I didn't even know what the hell I was talking about, to be honest. I was like, I don't even know what the liver does, to be honest. I, I really didn't pay any attention. This feels so uncomfortable. But anyway, I said to her, look, do you have liver problems? And she said, oh, yeah, I've had them my whole life. And it was really interesting because the image changed. And at that point, I saw an image of a man. Who, and it was a feeling, you know, since mm. this is her grandfather. And I said to her, did your grandfather have the same issues? And she said, yeah, actually he did. And the image changed again. And I had actually saw him being in a concentration camp. Mm. And I said to her, oh... You know, again, I asked her the question. She said, yes, he was there. And 
I said to her, do you get nightmares around it? And she said, yeah, I do. Mm. And and then there was a lot of information that was very personal and specific mm. to her and her family. And she called her mother. And she said to me, I don't actually know if this, like, I, I don't know this stuff. Mm. And so she called her mother and her mother said that everything I said was true, mm. including there was one thing that I said. I said to her, look, your issues in your DNA. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, I feel, I don't even like I have, I don't know what I'm talking about, mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. and um, it was definitely me. He was much more shocked than her mm-hmm. about this. Um, and her mother said to her, "Yeah, everything that I said to her was true." And she said she was a 25 at the time, and I would have been 21, I think. And she said, um, "You know, I just learned." more about my family history in the last half an hour than I've known in my last 25 years. Mm. Thank you. And it was kind of from there then that the whole experience of, wow, by by tuning into my own body and learning the language, I actually realised that there is a language. Mm. And it's, you know, so as I learned it about myself, it's the same for me to learn it about you. And mm. so when I started and then I, I became really interested in it and I was like well not where I thought I was gonna go <laughs> <laughs> what I was gonna do in my life but this is quite interesting and you know is there a universal language is it something that we can all learn and understand and work with or you know is it just you know I, I guess it was like what is it mm. and so I realized that if you actually guide somebody to like I had experienced in myself to tune into themselves as opposed to most people are tuned out, as I say, then um, and they start to get to know this symbolic um, archetypal feeling-based language, then essentially that is a universal language that everybody can Mm. understand and i believe that in the future potentially that is a huge potential for humanity you know Mm. and that that will be a time where lying is not going to be a good option for people because it's going to be obvious Mm. you know as we become sensitized as opposed to desensitized as we have been Mm. That's been a bit of my journey. And then yeah. I think writing a book was an, kind of an obvious thing because uh, I always wanted to be a writer. And, you know, essentially it happened because I was having – I was getting really frustrated because I, I got to a place where I started seeing a lot of clients one-on-one and I would give them homework because I always mm. – I've never believed, you know, especially in my own experience, that somebody can do it for you. Yes. So it was like I can support you, I can hold space for you, I can guide you, but essentially you've got to go home and do some work. Mm. And um, and then what ha- would happen is they would come back and I would go – so I'd write stuff on a piece of paper and they'd come back and it would be this little awkward moment, did you do the homework? <laughs> <laughs> and it would be silent most of the time. <laughs> and I was like, obviously, you know, I can tell, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. by tuning into it. Yeah. Perhaps there's no point lying. <laughs> um, and, um, you know, they'd go, I lost the piece of paper. 
<laughs> so there was a part of me that went, you know, I'm, I'm guessing, like, if I wrote a book, maybe that wouldn't be the excuse that they would use. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was part of it. Another part of it was um, I really felt at that time, and again, you know, this book's been around for a while now, um, there wasn't anything that had... I mean, there was the Louise Hay book and there mm. were, you know, one or two others at the time, but I just felt they told you about what was wrong in a very simplistic way. Mm. And to me it was like, well, it's great. What do you do about it? Now what? Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. And so I really sat with it and I was like, well, we have issues and diseases and problems in some part of the body mm. and essentially the idea of healing is wholeness and to get to know yourself, yeah. you know, and if we could get to know what's really going on in that part of the body, ideally we would prevent the situation as opposed to heal it. Yeah. But if we got to that place, we could transform it and, and, and work with it by understanding it and also having, you know, a process that was, for me, that was built on, the awareness that everybody is different. And so, like I said, I'm very visual as a person. So I, I need to see things more to understand than, um, than you know, and I feel things and I hear things. But if I'm just hearing and not seeing, mm. um, I've got to concentrate much more mm. than if, let's say, I'm seeing something, mm. you know, on the screen or somebody speaking. Um and but somebody else they're, they're auditory mm. and somebody else is kinesthetic and so when I was putting the processes together I was like it's got to be simple enough that somebody at home can do it without me being there but at the same time um we that we're using their as much of their whole beingness mm. and awakening and sensitizing it as possible as opposed to desensitizing mm. and that was my thought of how to put it all together mm. Amazing. Yeah, and this is why I think your work, Ina, is so impactful and empowering, mm. which is um, you know, what which is being which yeah. is about is that taking that power back yeah. and, and tuning into yeah, our innate power and not giving that power away, which our society um kind of is geared up towards to do to give that power away so yeah. i love that in your work not only have you got these resources and tools of your books and your your cards but you're also doing these master classes so people mm. are actually being able to learn that skill to tap into themselves mm. because yeah in this modern world we've got all these distractions to take ourselves out of our body rather than bringing us back in and I love that you've brought up the ancestral healing because that is something that I've only recently discovered and I have to say that um, previously I wouldn't have thought that could have such a huge impact on our physical health but in my personal experience it really has and so I'm just starting to go down there so I love that you're bringing that into awareness and that there is so many different layers um, and it's not obviously getting overwhelmed with that level like you said it's just a little piece at a time how we can 
um, go on that healing journey. So, yeah, I just think everything that you're doing is incredible. Mm. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you how you describe the work that you do. As a spiritual and, and an intuitive healer, how do you work, or, or especially when you were working a lot with one-on-one clients, what did that look like? And it's a really interesting question. Yeah. I think, um, <laughs> it's probably it, a really hard one. <laughs> um, I think it was, for me, it's been a journey of really clarifying, firstly, for myself, what am I trying to do mm. with this person? Mm. And so I have this um, courses now that I call Awaken the Healer Within. And it, it was really always about that. It was like, mm. how do I help you? to understand you yeah. so that you can awaken the capacity within yeah. yourself for transformation. And so, you know, originally um, it was it looked a lot like I want to reflect what I'm seeing back to you mm. so you can um, essentially, I guess, understand more of, where you're at because in ourselves again we spend so much time outside of ourselves that at times somebody who is trained you know really need to say or refined Mm. which I wasn't at the beginning by Mm. the way I'm very clear on it but (laughs) now um in my a lot of understanding it's like you know, be, because it can be damaging when then you know when yes. it's an early ability and you really don't know how to use it. Mm. But for me, the idea was how do I help reflect and guide you? Yeah, you know, towards where do you need to start, right? And so most people, biggest issue they have no idea where to start yeah. their healing journey, and they get overwhelmed by how many things this you know that are going on within. Mm them and so my biggest um I guess um intention was how do I firstly understand where you are and help you to really become aware of where you are Mm -hmm. um with the things that you know without threat being threatening or telling you where you are which is what a lot of people do when they're at the beginning of their journey um, even of discovering these talents or abilities, which I pretty much believe most of us have, or if yeah. not everyone, I just think that there's people who shouldn't use it, you yeah. know, because they they are not mentally in a place to yeah. use it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, so for me, it would be like I want to understand you, and I would create a map for myself, and mm-hmm. so I would essentially communicate with your soul, mm-hmm. and I would say show me where to start like where 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 do I start this exploration and you know give me the starting point and usually there would be a point let's say it might be a throat or something and you know and I'd go okay well how are you going to show me what's going on with this person Mm. is it through feeling you're going to give me a feeling are you going to give me an image are you going to give me a knowing um, or I'm going to hear something? And so i just wait. Mm. And and then I'd go, oh, okay, I'm seeing this. And I would say to the person, look, let's say I'm seeing some density or some, you know, this energy around. Um, can you relate to that? 
and is this you know is this something going on in terms of your ability to to, to communicate so it always bring it back to what's happening in your life or mm. i might go i'm seeing your right shoulder so um is there something happening in terms of your work or your relationship with your father or something like that mm. and they and i would let them really sit with it for a moment and go well, let me think about it yes it is mm. you know um and, and so we'd go through from one to the next to the next to the next and and then i would go okay now i have a map like i, I have an understanding so i have an understanding i'm going to create a map for you of where i feel in, in my capacity to help you in what I feel you need to do, we could start little step by little step yeah. in mm. terms of what can we, you know, how do we work with this? And my intention was always that, you know, I knew people mostly came in with this victim attitude yeah. that, you know, I was very familiar with. Mm. And, I, and my biggest intention was that they walked out of, you know, the healing space that we created with an inspired attitude and mm. the question was how long could they hold that mm. <laughs> you know mm. which is why i gave them you know homework to do yeah. and you know and explained it and so it would be this amazing process where i honestly felt it was like one of the holiest things you could yeah. do you know because to me it would be like here's this person i've never met yeah and they've trusted enough to come to see me mm. which is already you know it's like oh my god wow and you know and then they had to organize themselves and they had to figure out you know can i pay for this and drive over and it's like all the things that they'd done just to appear you know mm. in my office space and and then they were opening and sharing things with me that they've never told anybody and this yeah. is the first time mm. I'm, me I'm meeting this person because they know that we have this short period of time and they're trusting mm. me with their secrets mm. so that, you know, with that openness that I can support them in this transformation. And it was just, I just think it's one of the most beautifully incredible things that a human being can do. It's almost like, you know, I'm holding somebody's soul literally yeah. in my hands to support them and... You know that that's a huge responsibility, and it really upsets me when, you know, in the new age sphere, there's been a lot of people who have decided they're not responsible for anybody and anything that comes out of their mouth. Yeah. You know, and mm. I think you know that they, they have misunderstood yeah. what it actually means to have some kind of. Um, I guess leadership or an ability mm. to support someone and in you know it's like great power always requires yeah. you know great yeah. responsibility yeah. and yeah. great awareness yeah absolutely I really love what you speak about in terms of really um, enabling and allowing your clients to understand themselves and build that awareness of themselves and really know themselves mm. and um, I guess my work as, as a naturopath is is different in a lot of ways but similar in a lot of ways too in that you know my clients come in and I can make so many recommendations about mm. diet and lifestyle and herbs and nutrients that they can be taking and at the end of the day I can't do any of that for them they have to be the ones to do it and take that responsibility as you said and 
really looking at that health holistically and me understanding what's happening with their body but most importantly them understanding what's happening with their body and again becoming compassionate and becoming a friend with your body almost um, and I actually use your book a lot in in clinic and in practice because I find it so important as that that extra piece of the puzzle to not only look at health in one way and on one level but on that holistic level so that again they can understand how all of the parts come together so that they can actually really look after themselves um so I wanted to ask you and I I guess you kind of already answered this before what do you hope that your readers take away from that book the secret language of your body The wisdom mm-hmm. that is within themselves, mm-hmm. you know, and the honouring of the body, like you said, my favourite words, befriending the body. Yes. Um, really, and the soul, really being curious and being um, amazed by what's within them. And I always say to people, look, if you knew more about who you really are, mm-hmm. You'd never get depressed and you'd never be bored because you wouldn't have time for either. Yeah. <laughs> you'd just mm-hmm. be going, I am too interesting. Yeah. You know, and as I give you know, uh, an example quite often that um, the people that I've taught, including some of my very close friends, you know, if they have a feeling like even a feeling of depression, mm-hmm. and obviously I know clinical depression is, is not just a feeling, it's a long-term suppression um of um lots of aspects of self but in if we had to bring it you know to more feeling state that my um the people that i teach and guide often or share with i should say they'll often experience a feeling and rather than wanting to get rid of it or Mm. resist it they want to understand it and they want to connect with it. And so everything that's happening, every pain, every discomfort, whatever it is, becomes something fascinating and interesting to discover about self that might take your growth as a mm. human into, you know, a, um, and a soul and a spirit to a different level, to a different mm. degree. Mm. And so to me, it's I really feel health and pain is an entry point into self-discovery. Yeah, mm. I love that. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. So powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Our body is literally talking to us, isn't mm. it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, I love that. Um, you say that the, the body does not lie. And so, yeah, having that awareness that you speak of just – just even understanding what that body part means or what that pain means and for us to have that invitation, like you said, to be curious Mm. because there is something that, yeah, that physical element of us is trying to communicate to the soul to, to, yeah, make us focus on it, to release it, I think is really powerful. Yeah. And in your book you talk um, a lot about, divine healing intelligence Mm. and almost um I guess asking for it to support you can you talk a little bit about that Mm. about what divine healing intelligence is to is to you and and how you see that playing out in healing 
Absolutely. And I think, you know, if we go back to even my own early experience, mm. you know, it was really asking, you know, the question, if there is something divine, then show me. And, you know, I've never, I guess, really felt like we were just physical mm. beings. I always felt like there was more. And it's it's been a huge, huge journey of exploration for me, including why I wrote my present book understanding modern spirituality um and it was really like you know even when i was five i had this question i remember asking my mum in the kitchen so what happens when we die and who are we and you know and and, Mm. and what else is there because at that point death was like you know very scary thing yeah Yeah. you know does it just end and can Mm. just end you know and something in me just was always, even for, at that early age, was like, doesn't feel right. Yeah. It feels like there's more. Mm. And I, I guess the divine intelligence was an exploration, like you said, a, and a call for both for people to question, what is it? Yeah. And also, what is it, what is it for me? Yeah. You know, what is, what is divine? What does that mean? What is something higher than um, materialism or my material mm. body or my physicality is there more mm. and it is really you know about going sometimes at the time where I don't know and most people don't we're not that smart about most things but if I start to recognize maybe there is more mm. um, then again I go on a spiritual journey now mm. not just on the physical mm. I really fix my body journey and um, so to me, divine intelligence has changed and evolved in so many different ways as I've learned about, which actually I can write quite a bit about in Understanding Modern Spirituality, about higher beings, you know, um, mm. about higher self, about, um, you know, at what is it for you? What mm. do you believe that is higher and, mm. and, and has a divine essence that you can connect to? So in my personal experience, and this is an, a non-religious experience mm-hmm. in that sense of, you know, again, I respect all religions. Mm. Um, I don't necessarily follow or agree, but mm. I respect. Mm-hmm. Um, but in my personal deep dive into understanding the connection that I might have on one day, and it's not the same every day, and one mm. day could be I'm connecting to what I can perceive and hold as a divine feminine. Mm. Another day, you know, because I need that, that softness and that warmth, and another day, you know, I have a very strong connection, I believe, and a, a feeling of relationship with the christ being Mm -hmm. which is again not not jesus not a man not a religious Mm -hmm. thing but Mm -hmm. a being that i've studied a lot Mm -hmm. um i also have an understanding that there that there are different beings light and shadow who guide Mm -hmm. our humanity you know Mm -hmm. at different times in different ways that it's quite obvious once especially once you open up your capacity to see more Mm -hmm. than just the physical Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I also have an awareness and a sense, and I've studied, that we are guided by um, a being that has been known and 
for many to many people as an archangel Michael who mm-hmm. has become at a level of an archai, which is the guide of all humanity at this point, and it makes a lot of sense to me in terms of the things that he's about and what's happening. Mm. And so at times, to me, divine intelligence becomes a connection to this being, you know, of Michael. Mm. So it it really depends on what it is I'm focused on Mm. for me personally. Mm. And I also think that, you know, whether you are a religious person or you're a spiritual person, you know, at different points you're going to connect to beings that inspire you. Mm-hmm. And so, again, even if I do connect to a Christ being, to me it's not just the word. It's like what do I understand about this being that mm-hmm. inspires me and about and, – and for me in particular because of the healing um, nature of when you – know, what we know about him and, again, the, the being that he went into that's Jesus um, – mm-hmm has been quite fascinating. So I spent quite many, many years looking into it from very mystical and esoteric mm. perspectives mm. Um, that take a journey of, you know, incredible depth mm. um, and, and detail. So one of the, my pet hates is generalisations. Mm-hmm. I, I don't function very well in generalisations because I feel it's almost like, I mean, how can I generalize a language yeah i either learn the language and know how to speak it or i don't Mm. yeah and every word means something right if i'm Mm -hmm. and has a meaning um that need that somebody else understands and and is being conveyed but it's not a but it's a specific word so it's like for everything i i want to drink i want to pick up this glass you know and I feel like in the wellness, spiritual, new age community, everything's mm. become so generalized. Mm. And it's like one, you know, one thing for everybody, which mm. I highly am against and disagree yeah. with. Mm. I think everybody's unique being is a yeah. unique being. And a huge part of my book is also about can you understand that, yes, you're connected to other people, but you're also very, very unique. Yeah. You know, and every part of how you do the process, including the divine intelligence, is uniquely connected to you yeah. and will mean, that, you know, and, and will, I guess, create the results that you have. So mm. if, if I don't believe in anything spiritual or anything mm. higher than me, then, you know, I take that part out and you can still do the process, but that part is not there. So mm. now you know there's something else that needs to be there and and maybe much more effort that Mm. needs to go in because now now we're we're missing this bit Mm. yeah you know and what i also say to people is again the more meaningful the slower everybody wants to go fast yes Mm. you know and it's like we're in the in, in the world of fast instant easy simple you know quick fix type of experience and i'm a bit the opposite i hate fluffy sugary you know (laughs) like and and i mean sugary in real life and sugar yeah you know um i i feel like i I have no interest in it to be honest because i just don't believe anything that's quick fix works or lasts 
and everything, even in, in connection to this divine intelligence, what interests me is things that last. Yeah. Mm. You know, I feel and I've learned enough about it that when you put effort in and when you understand spirituality in its at the deepest core, you realize that anything good you do is lasting and anything you do that's hurtful, you have an opportunity to yeah. meet it again and to transform mm. it. But, you know, the what's lasting is what's interesting for me, mm-hmm. you know. And so I create, especially now, probably not when I started because I didn't really understand this concept, but what I'm really interested in is not skipping steps and creating yeah. a foundation that for those people who want a foundation, who are not that interested in, you know, quick, fast, easy, simple, instant, you know, who are a bit sick of it because they've actually experienced that it doesn't work mm-hmm. and it doesn't have any depth or um, for those who are interested and they're not that, you know, and they've had enough of sugar coating, um, those are the people I'm excited about yeah. to work with, you know, mm-hmm. who want to connect lots of pieces together yeah. and actually create something that's not necessarily just lasting for now. I'm... See, I'm a big believer in multiple earth lives. Yeah. And I'm not also too – I don't get caught up in past lives, yeah. which mm-hmm. is, you know, has become this huge thing because I feel like you should only visit those for reasons of moving forward in yeah. something that, and reasons where it's um, connected to something that you cannot understand. Yeah. You yeah. know, that – you need to understand in order to move on. Mm. But it's not uh, let's go and find out everything about my past life mm. and drag it out because yeah. people, again, do not understand that it's dangerous yeah. to bring things up into this life that, you know, are not meant to be yeah. brought. Um, and so – but my huge interest is in people understanding multiple earth lives and because you cannot understand the soul without understanding mm. multiple – or the spirit – Mm-hmm. In, in without understanding multiple earth lives and thus you can't understand why you should really work on yourself and mm-hmm. evolve if you think you only have one life mm-hmm. and yes. then you don't actually think about what is it that i'm doing in this life yeah. and is it going to have any you know impact on the future mm-hmm. you know and and because most people don't have that, they actually self-destruct a lot. Yeah. But I feel that if you truly understood that, you would have such respect for who yeah. you were and also the beings that helped to create you. Yeah. yeah. That how you treated yourself, your body, other people, every experience you have would have a reverence to mm. it and mm. would have an appreciation you know to it and then you could keep refining mm-hmm. and there was a there'd be a reason to refine as opposed to that and that reason wouldn't be an egotistical reason but um something that it that comes becomes higher than that yeah which then inspires many others and that's what i'm interested in and that's what i guess i hope to awaken in people and whatever yeah. I do. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah, that is so fascinating. And that is why I love uh, Vedic astrology so much because we're really focused on, I guess, karma, which is the action. So Mm. everything that we're doing is creating that good or bad karma because, as you say, there's that higher awareness of not just this lifetime but um, lifetimes that we're going into. So how can we help the soul progress and how can we learn what we need to learn? How can we, you know, close those karmic loops and really evolve the soul? Because to me, that is the mission that I'm here for. And, and when you start thinking about it in that context, in this human form, it gives, oh, it gives me so much um, like uh, peace, especially in this aging process and like what is it all for and mm. it just gives us a yeah bigger understanding and that we're connected to something bigger and it gives, um, well, this is how I feel, my life so much more meaning and, and like you say, when you start thinking about life in that way, the present moment and every decision that you're making, suddenly it becomes, like you say, an act of um, reverence, but devotion of, yeah, yeah how you want to be and who you want to be and how mm. can you be the best version of yourself. Mm. So I think this book um, is going to be incredible and I know it is just about to come out, um, so I have a copy right in front of me here, so I'm very so excited to read it, <laughs> but I feel, do you think with the what we've been through the last couple of years, have you noticed an energetic change of people wanting to dive more into understanding spirituality, and I love how you put it in the lens of really removing a lot of the heaviness of what is around that Christ energy and taking more of that heavy religious focus off it and really just connecting to more what that that vibration is and what it entails. Um, do you feel that this is shifting with how people are now engaging with your work in terms of spirituality and from like the what we've been through with the pandemic the last couple of years? Is this what you really got inspired to write this book from? And these are amazing questions, I think. Um, thank you. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> um, just... To me, I think even before the pandemic, you know, I had a question and I was looking at how people were marketing themselves, mm. you know, people who were seen as successes. And a lot of it were using those, you know, marketing words of simple, easy, quick, yes. you know, instant. And I sat with it and I was like, you know, this is not what I believe. Mm. you know and i'm curious and 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 perth was actually quite an interesting place of exploration for this Mm -hmm. i was like i'm curious what if i was you know really honest about what i believed and explored because you know i can say when i first started of course you know i was very very young and i was like Yes, you know, I want to do quick, easy, simple, you yeah. know, instant. Yeah. And then in, as you said, in aging and maturity and starting to understand things, those aspects, you know, became like, well, that means there's no depth, mm. essentially. And I want, you know, mm. I, I'm, I got to a place in my own life 
it was around, I don't know, maybe 28, 30, where I was feeling so frustrated because I felt like I had heard every new age, you know, idea that was circulating over and over again from every author around. And I was like, is there more? Because I'm bored Mm. with this like Mm. i don't know if people relate to it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i'm very honest i don't do Mm. sugar coating so (laughs) um i was like i'm so bored and you know if this is all there is um what am i going to do for the rest of my life (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's kind of my question yeah and um around that time i think the um, I started meeting more of the mystery knowledge because I was mm. really looking for it. Mm. And my first reaction was not a good one <laughs> to it because I was like, this is old. I don't like it. This is hard. Yeah. <laughs> this is the opposite <laughs> of what I've been taught and I've been teaching. And um, this is making me very uncomfortable. Mm. <laughs> Shut the book. Come back. <laughs> exactly. Um, but... You know, I believe in destiny and yeah. I believe that we have, you know, these experiences and we ask for things and, you know, for a reason. And so in that exploration, I actually didn't didn't do very much teaching for quite a while. It mm. was a very small amount of teaching. And so my question maybe five years ago became five or six. Um, what if I was honest about what I'm... I'm really inspired by it. It's mm. definitely the opposite advertising of everything else mm. I'm seeing. Mm. You know, what if I said to people, this is complex. You are complex, mm. complex, deep, profound being and it's not simple and easy. You're not simple and easy. You're deep. You're profound. You're um, – there's so much to understand. It's so interesting. Mm. Um, you know, what, what would happen? Mm. <laughs> what if I use that charged word Christ not from a place of a religious like you said or even you know new agey type of idea but from reverence of you know what I spent years and years trying to understand who that being was mm-hmm. and, 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 and what happened and, and, and what was the influence that you know this godly being had here and um, what if I started to slowly share this? Mm. What would happen? And, mm. you know, it's quite funny. A lot of people say to me, you should be so much more famous than you are. And I'm like, you know, I hear that constantly. And, and it's like I have zero interest in yeah. that. Like it, it, I'm interested in helping people, but I'm much more interested in helping people in a non-superficial way, mm. in mm-hmm. other words, I, I will not sell out. I have no interest. Yeah. You know, I don't need yeah. to. Yeah. I'm like, I'm interested in those who have, as you said, felt the calling and have gone, well, it's great to start with, you know, you have to think positive and all of this stuff mm-hmm. that we've all heard a million times. But I, I'm interested in more. What else? What yeah. else is there? Uh, and, you know, and I was like, look, it could be that, you know, there's hardly anyone it could be that there's a lot but I don't know I won't know unless I try Mm. Mm. and I've been pleasantly surprised by how many people have had the same feelings and maybe but have maybe not had the same time you know Mm. I've been I've been very fortunate because this has been 
not a hobby but a career, mm. I guess, you know. And a, a, mm. I wouldn't even call it a career. It's been a, a life discovery, you know, mm. a, a, a yearning of knowingness of, of this, of going to the depth that my inner being is capable of understanding mm. with slowly. Mm. Um, and and I felt that the aliveness and the inspiration that I've been able to share with people has been so profound that the that there's so many more than what I thought maybe mm-hmm. that have mm-hmm. gone, you know what, who am I? Mm, and yeah. I think then in the last three years, really, you know, in this COVID experience, I really feel like one of the biggest things that has come through mm. is, um, I guess, the truth of who somebody is. Yeah. You know, mm. whether it's – and I think it's quite astrological from what I've been told, mm. um, that it's almost like you cannot mask or hide yeah. the things inside of you that are – essentially you know um either dark or mm. unprocessed or, or 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 are not coming from the right place mm-hmm. and you know it's been it i've actually been amazed you know at how obvious it has become and for how many people and how the world scenario has reflected you know most people's lives yes. where things that we had never really talked about in depth you know like narcissism like psychopathy like you know um borderline personality disorders that have been hidden away Mm. have all of a sudden come out in this huge way and you know and 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 a lot of things about identity and sexuality Mm. and Mm. you know who am i and confusion Mm. and you know have all come to the surface Mm where we can't just pretend it or push it away mm. and um you know and a lot of superficiality has as well you know where people have gone oh i like the idea of the feminine and masculine i can make money from it mm. yes but they don't actually understand anything to do with it you know yes. it just sounds good <laughs> mm. you know like if i just say the right words you know the maybe i can make some ching. money yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah and so we have a lot of that too of course yeah. but i also feel like there's a deepening of the soul that's happening and a, a capacity for people's souls to to hold more, to mm. want to hold more, to want to mm. discover more, mm. um, including obviously my own. And um, in that exchange and sharing, I really felt such aliveness, such mm. um, purpose mm. for why I'm you know, what I'm here for, for such, I guess, true, you know, I talk about ruthless honesty, Mm. you know, (laughs) such capacity for me personally also to the last few years have been about really looking at myself, really creating Mm. a foundation, not just talking about something like, oh, again, the buzzword of Mm. (laughs) self-love, you know, I've sat with it for years, Mm. kind Mm. of going, what is it like well, let's break it down like mm. what what does that mean you know how does it mean that, you know on the basics on different levels of how do you treat yourself how you treat your body mm. how 
you know, the, the relationships you have with yourself, with other people, with everyone essentially who surrounds you. But, you know, also I'm, I've been very um, profoundly exploring archetypal work mm. and what that looks like. And, you know, and I realised that so, you know, so many aspects of us get stunted because of pain and hurt and trauma and and sometimes it's 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 not like trauma trauma it's just a difficult experience or mm. something we can't digest mm. and these parts exhaust us mm. you know mm. if we don't have a relationship with them mm. and so even my understanding of emotional work has you know and, and I've looked at it from so many perspectives um probably as many as <laughs> you can imagine um and i've gone what's healthy what's sustainable mm. uh, and, and 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 what makes sense for example you know so what coming back to generalizations so emotions is the easiest things to generalize mm. you know because they're not clear to us mm. and what people do is they go okay i have a feeling you know how do i work with this feeling but usually it's more how do i get rid of it because i don't yeah. like it mm. mm-hmm. and you know and so what they, they're doing essentially is they're numbing themselves cutting themselves away from their wisdom but then we you know or they're breathing they have to feel like they've got to breathe it away they've got to ice it away they've, <laughs> they've got to tap it away and i'm like you know if you could only see what it does mm. to the to the emotional body itself, mm. and you know, and, and so it's been a big journey because to bring out emotion is not that hard. Mm-hmm. To mm. work with it is difficult mm. in a, in a safe mm. way, and so my exploration has been well, how is it spe- specific as well and. What I realized, and again, in writing this book and in, in, in just exploring and so many things, is that there, if I call something anger or fear, let's talk about fear because a lot of people have it. Mm. The fear that I have in my throat is not the same fear that I have in my heart. It's mm. not the same fear that I have in my reproductive system. Mm. It's not the same fear that my, I have in my kidneys. So, how do we process that? Mm-hmm. In, in a when somebody like myself spent the last twenty something years looking at it, um, and it's still a challenge, right? And so, in in, in really diving deep and spending a lot of time exploring, being somebody that has taught emotional work in you know all over the world in so many countries and seen so many reactions. I was like, you know, how do I specify this and understand this? And what, you know, because it also has a story. Mm. Every emotion has a story, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. It it is that energy in motion and it's alive. Mm. And in sitting with it and asking questions and exploring and learning, I realized that the most beautiful way of working with this and the most safest and healthiest and uh, I guess a way that's that gives you an awareness of transformation which 
we as human beings need, we need to mm. know I'm, I'm moving forward, mm, mm, mm. is to identify where where it is in the body and what archetypal energy is this related to. And this archetypal energy, and you know, let's call it, I've talked about the victim, for example. Yes. And the victim is, is totally connected to the digestive system and the mm-hmm. soul plexus mm-hmm. and a sense of self and confidence. And so if I go, you know, and I don't have much confidence and I, you know, and, and, and I can't even hold myself straight and I, I feel so much fear and I can't move forward and I dent- start to identify it as a, you know, the, there's a victim in me and I start to look at, well, what's the language of the victim? It's not just a thought pattern yeah. I'm looking at. I'm actually becoming aware of how does it show up? How does it talk? Mm. Mm. you know what does it say to me how does it make me lose energy yeah Mm. you know how does it um take me into limitation and fear and self-sabotage and so on and so forth Mm. and how do i feel weakened and helpless Mm. which is a big thing that's happening in the world people feel helpless So if I'm feeling helpless, how do I turn it around? Mm. How would I turn that around from helpless to helpful? Mm. You know, from victim to victorious, mm. from weak to confident, from um, fearful to courageous, mm. you know. And what I'm really, you know, and com- coming back to the divine intelligence, what I'm essentially very interested in is not even getting people to believe in christ or anything like that Mm -hmm. but to become aware that there's something higher in your own self yeah Mm. and so how do i firstly connect to that higher self the wise self Mm. which comes back to why i'm calling my work awake and the healer within because it's like the healer is the wise part of you. Yeah. Mm. So how do I bring this wise self mm. and allow this wise self to connect with the stunted victim yeah. type self and together we can transform mm. and become more whole but also have compassion because the victim allows me to understand others. Yeah, mm. yeah. You know, and in that create not just a transformation of my feeling self, but my whole life story, mm. which then changes my whole physical, etheric, yeah. astral, mm. all of my bodies. Mm. Yeah. And that's become probably one of the gifts of pandemic for me not to travel and, and <laughs> to yeah. stay at home. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's been a gift for me and I think for a lot of people in having to truly reflect on many, many yeah. things and see and become courageous and, yeah. and see what's working and what's not working. And, you know, I think a lot of people have had to look deeper at everything, including their relationships, yes. mm. you know, or in particular because <laughs> they've had to be stuck with people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, a, a, and again, is this relationship feeding the part of me that is free and mm. wants to grow and expand or the part of me that is small and tense and tight and constricted 
what's it doing? You know, so mm. I think there's been a lot of questioning that's happened. Yeah. And I think in that questioning, there's been a big awakening yeah. to so many things. I yeah. really feel like the deepest awakening has probably happened for a lot of people in the last few years. Definitely, I agree. Mm. Yeah. I really love, Ina, as well, your honesty and your vulnerability and your openness to the fact that mm. you are on a journey and that you're still on that journey and it is one that you continue to dedicate yourself to because I think, and, you know, you, you touched on this before, that piece of um, the the latest expert, the latest coach who knows all about how to get to the end they've done the work they've finished the assignment they're at the end Mm. it's like well it's like Mm. that doesn't really exist but I think it's so hard because as you also said so many people feel so helpless um, and so lost as to who they are and we look up to these experts because they're the loudest ones they're the ones on social media who are putting out all of the content and ramming it down our throats that Mm. they know everything they are the expert they've done it all um but we're trying to hold ourselves up to them instead of actually looking at people like you and listening to people like you who, as you said, you know, you're not interested in the fame. And it's kind of a shame because I, I wish the, that <laughs> that would flip. <laughs> yeah, because I think it's important that, that people do know and realise that it is a journey and that there isn't that end of assignment done, you've done the work, congrats, you've finished. That's a, life, a multiple lifetime long thing. And I just think that's so beautiful and so empowering. Yeah. Thank you. And I just wanted to say something to you about that. I think um, for me, the people who I actually find the most um, helpful in giving me feedback are my children. Yes. they're honest. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, last week, just before I got here, um, I asked, and my son's actually a filmmaker. Um, You know, he he does video, and he's actually quite successful. And I said to him, "I want, you know, I I I would love for you to come and interview me, and I want my daughter there." And it was just a very beautiful experience that we, the three of us, had. And at one point, you know, he was asking me some questions, and he's like, "Mom, can we just have a conversation?" (laughs) Yeah, and I said, "Yeah." And I said, well, let's let's get really honest here. I just, what what's the thing that you found, you know, the most helpful, the most challenging about me? You know, mm. let's hear it, like, because mm. you're the one who's. And he said, look, I I feel like you're honest and you're real, and you you never present yourself to in your real life or in you know to your students as somebody who, like you said, who's completed the journey is like, I love, and I feel like it allows me and, you know, he's talking about Angelina who's my daughter and my sister to grow and to continue to come back to you because I can also give you feedback about the things, you know, that are challenging to me. And we've talked about um, at different times like, you know, I have a tendency for, like I said, a lot of honesty and direct, and uh, you know, I can be very direct. So, you know, at times he he would say, "Look, I'm feeling really vulnerable, and I, I want your support. But mm. if I call you, are you going to be gentle? Like, yeah. I, I, like, yeah, be honest, but be, you know, 
they loving be very honest. loving <laughs> and, and sensitive and you know and I'd be like oh okay thank you for giving me that awareness because you know I don't know what state it could be in but you you've just prompted me and you've just helped me and I really mm. appreciate it mm. you know and um I think that, and I asked my daughter the same question and she said look you know you and I have had our times of conflict like mm. but she said what I love is that I can always talk to you and you go mm. away and you self-reflect mm. yes you know and you come back and for me one of my most beautiful experiences with when I realized this with you know with Angelina with my daughter was when she was I don't know, maybe five, mm. and she was doing acting and singing classes and I took her to a class and she wasn't very happy about being in the class and she was making a big drama and a big deal and I felt like how I how I dealt with that situation wasn't great, you know, and I didn't feel good about it. And so in the evening I said to her, <laughs> I said, Angelina, I want to apologize to you mm. for, you know, how mommy treated you. Like, that wasn't okay. Like, that mm. wasn't great. And, uh, you know, as a five-year-old, her eyes just opened up in this huge way. And she said, mommy, are you apologizing to me? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, yes, I am. And she said, you're such a good girl, mommy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember seeing this shift inside of her going i can trust you because um if you do the wrong thing Mm. it's you're going to come back and you're going to share that with me and i think i've always had this relationship with both of my children and so it was really good to hear as well Mm. you know that the appreciation of I am pretty much the same in my actual life mm-hmm. as I am when I am, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. sharing. And they both said, you know, what we love is that you tell the truth, you know, you, you don't talk about, you don't pretend to be someone else, you don't pretend yeah. that you've finished your journey. You're always talking about being on the journey yeah. and, you know, and appreciating that. Yeah. And it's like learning from it and enjoying it and, embracing it yeah you mm. know and, and i agree with you one of my also when i was in my early 20s i was interviewing a lot of famous people in this industry well-known people mm. i actually didn't feel good after most no. of the interviews mm. and the reason was because i always felt like they were trying to make out how perfect their life was and how yes. they knew everything mm. and the feeling that i was left with well I'm not there. Yeah. I don't even know how to get there. And it just, it, you're so far away. Yeah. Mm. You know, and I just, you've made me feel, rather than feeling inspired, and of course there were people who did, yeah. so I'm mm-hmm. going to say, but there was quite a few where I just finished the interview and I was like, now I just feel not good enough yeah. or I just feel like so I can't be the perfect person or in that perfect place that you seem to be in because my life is not you know in a mansion with you know like helpers everywhere with all these people I'm like I'm in real life with two little children Mm. you know that I have to look after and do everything for and a house that's got to be cleaned and yeah like Mm. I'm not feeling oh my god you know here I have all these you know people doing everything for me and 
you know, and I had to sit again a lot with it and go, hmm, I don't think I want to share in this way. No, that's mm. not real. Mm. Perfect, mm. perfect's not real. Yeah, yeah. Mm. such a lack of authenticity there. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and I think um, with your work, Ina, um, and definitely from this conversation is how important and, and I guess how overlooked in society, like really sort of mastering the self and yeah. having that curiosity and mm. that is the greatest journey that we can go on and there's yeah. always going to be that unraveling and that unveiling and um I love how committed you are to yeah. staying in your truth and and the courage for even um coming out with these um you know new levels of consciousness that you're bringing out with your work mm. um and i think that is going to yeah really help people mm-hmm. yeah. i wanted to ask one more question um what do you what do you think would be the best way for someone to get started what's a a good simple i know you said that you don't want to you don't want people to be focusing on those final steps what is, in your opinion, the best first step that someone can take in terms of getting to know themselves and understanding their body and what's happening and, and wanting to heal themselves? I think the first step is the thinking. Yeah. You know, and it's really about going, I want to be curious. Mm. I don't know what I don't know. And I would like to understand more. I would like to become friends with my body. Mm. Um, I want to get to know it. I want to feel more wisdom coming from mm. it. And mm. even if I don't know, again, the last step, the first step could be a unique one for each person, right? Mm-mm. And it could be that I just place my hands on a part of my body and I close my eyes and I take some slow deep breaths and I ask a question, what is it that you've got to show me? Or, Mm. you know, or it could be something where some people understand themselves through movement. Mm -hmm. So for, you know, for example, again, my... (coughs) my experience and my interest in understanding my daughter, my both of my children, my, my daughter, um, in relation to communication for, for quite a while from teenage years on, she wouldn't talk about her feelings, mm. you know, and, and that was part of our challenge because there was a part of her that wanted to rebel or didn't know how to or, or you know, it was like my mum talks about her feelings all the time so I'm not going to. Mm. And, you know, and I was like, well... How do I start to support somebody who's young, for mm-hmm. example, and you know I can't have a conversation about feelings with her, and I can't tell her place your hands on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. I could have actually, you know, potentially when she was five or six yeah. or seven, but mm-hmm. I can't at this d- stage of teenage years. And you know, I quite sat with it a lot, and I was like, what is the way that I can connect with her to help her Mm. to to start Mm -hmm. you know and I realized like she loves dancing yeah and so to me it was like speak to me through dancing but she wouldn't do it if I only wanted her to do it I had to do it as well Mm. so you know so from I don't know maybe when she was 13 
we started to do this um so our communication was not really through words for mm-hmm. quite a long time it was through show me your feelings through how you move and show mm-hmm. it to me through you know play me a song that helps me to understand you yeah mm. you know and so 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 i feel like there's so many different ways yeah. Yeah. you know for us to find what is my first step mm. you know so like my partner for example he's done he'd done quite a bit of personal development before i met him but mm. never emotional development mm-hmm. let's call it mm-hmm. and <laughs> You know, so when I speak to him, he's like, oh, no, not the E word. <laughs> you know, like, e, uh, emotion. <laughs> um, you know, and so I've had to, again, look at how, how do I help him to understand something, and, and that's been through, he, he has a very incredible intellectual mind, mm. and he'll be like, look, I'm not ready to to do the things that you're talking about, but I just want to see it, and mm-hmm. you know, and I want to see it in action with other people. Mm-hmm. And now I, I start to understand it, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. but it starts through thinking, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and and putting pieces together. And so at times he'll come up with something incredibly amazing, and he'll be like, "And I understood that, and this was amazing." And I'm like, "Wow," mm-hmm. you know. And so what I do is I acknowledge everybody wherever they're at, Mm -hmm. you know, um, because everyone's journey is so different. So my son, you know, he, he's had a a lot of challenges in, in his health at different times and also receiving help or feeling confident. So he's, and I've watched his journey and his struggles Mm. and, and I also believe in you know, in the struggle, you awaken your sense of self. Yeah, yeah. You know, and your strength. Mm. And again, seeing him now to three years ago mm. is like seeing a completely different person, mm. you know. And so, again, I can look at the journey of helping him. Mm. And, you know, with him, it would always start with, let me let me share with you about another human who's gone through an experience and got and he would go away and think about it mm-hmm. you know with my with my daughter that would never work that approach mm-hmm. you know you know so the approach with someone like her is that she needs to feel loved and safe and then she needs to come to you yeah mm-hmm. you know and and so again this is such a unique thing of where do you mm-hmm. start I think you start with kindness to Mm. yourself, you know, Mm. and that it it is totally okay that I'm where I am, Mm. that there's, I don't know why I am where I am Mm. and I want to be over there, but I'm here. Mm. (laughs) And Mm. how do I discover the beauty of being here? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. That's amazing. That's so beautiful. Thank you so much, Ina. Before we let you go, I just want to ask you one more question. Um, We always ask our guests, what does um, health is the new wealth mean to you? I think health has always, you know, uh, meant more to me than wealth in my life, I think, in my journey. Um, I haven't honestly been that interested in... um, accumulation of wealth in the sense of how people are because i know this is temporary and Mm. i've always been interested in things that are 
eternal as opposed to temporary. Mm. So to me, health essentially means that the more healthy I am, the more opportunity I have to discover things that are really interesting, like my spirituality, my spiritual journey. You know, in being healthy, I can hold important information, information understandings and connections to the divine when when my body's unhealthy you know the only thing that you focus on is, is how do i get better yeah mm. right so it becomes very physical you know very much at times i've seen you know it's become an obsession for people mm-hmm. so for me it's like this is a vessel that needs to be kept as healthy as possible so that i can do the things that i feel my soul mm. is here to do yeah and without it i can't do it in this mm-hmm. physical reality right mm-hmm. and so um you know i i'm a look i'm a huge believer in healthy eating and healthy living it's one of my challenges with you know people around me at different times i was saying that when I got on the plane, you know, and it was quite a few hours sitting on the mm-hmm. plane and seeing what people eat, um, <laughs> I had to, you know, kind of close my eyes at times <laughs> and just go, it's okay. <laughs> it's, it's okay. You know, and at times I'm like, wow, you know, I kind of feel like often understanding about food can take you into other understandings of your journey and mm. you know and to me it's it's beyond food it's it's really honoring my soul is in this body mm. you know and my soul is something that is made of a divine substance mm-hmm. so if i don't look after my body i'm basically saying that i don't care about my soul mm. you know and so by looking after my body i actually have strength and i have an ability to, to live fully Mm-hmm. you know and that's what i'm interested in mm-hmm. it's like what does it look like to live as fully as possible and in as i guess an extraordinary i have this thing about this particular lifetime for myself that it has n- needed to be interesting and extraordinary mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and so i've spent a lot of time finding extraordinary in everything including Mm. the most ordinary things Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know but having good health allows you to go on that journey without it it's very difficult and it becomes everything becomes about what's wrong with me Mm. you know and i i would love for people to have an experience of what's right with you yeah (laughs) you know as opposed to what's wrong with you yeah and what's possible yeah, amazing. Thank oh, you, thank so, you much. so much, Nina. Em and I want to talk to you yeah. all, all <laughs> evening, but we want to be mindful of your time. Um, and so, your new book that is just about to come out, um, Understanding Modern Spirituality. Uh, how else can our listeners connect to you? I have um, so the easiest way is through my website, which is innersegal.com, and there's um, it's in a constant state of transformation, mm-hmm. <laughs> this website. And, um, you know, um, I've done a lot of um, online free classes mm-hmm. where people can start 
and you know become aware and have an understanding. And I do want to say that um, often people go, oh, if it's a free class, then I'm not going to get much out of it, mainly because of the marketing ways that people mm-hmm. work. Mm-hmm. But I didn't have that need or that belief that you should only give something as, you know, because you want to sell something else. Mm -hmm. And, of course, you know, I'm not going to be – you're not going to lie to people. I I want people to go deep, so Mm -hmm. that requires – there's a lot Mm -hmm. to learn. But at the same time, whatever I do for free also has a lot of value and Mm -hmm. and I never, you know, just – skim things you know there's there's always insights and wisdom and processes that you can do even if you know you're never going to do anything with me that Mm -hmm. requires maybe more time or money or anything um even though again obviously i want to go deep with people but i really encourage people to, to watch things and listen and explore and obviously i you know i'm on social media um Mm. and i'm always writing new thoughts or ideas or processes or experiences so really encourage people to do that and there's been so many people i have to say again who've watched the free classes and including today there were several people there and this lady came up to me and she said to me um quite young probably in her 20s and she said um i watched you know three years ago when you started doing i was doing a lot of free stuff um i watched this free masterclass that you did um and she said it literally sustained me i wanted to tell you it sustained me throughout Mm. the last three years i don't know where i'd be without Mm. you know that and it was really powerful because i think again you know how you, you you know my whole perspective on life is always who can benefit you mm. know wh- what can i share that can shift you out of the victim mm. what can i share that can benefit to strengthen your sense of self and all of it is absolutely to do with the fact that i believe we have more than one life there's more you know and, and that like you said what is the possibility of creating this positive karmic scenario that's not going to be just good for me but for this world in general Mm. you know what do we need in this world is my constant question Mm. you know which is why i've spent the last three years exploring and understanding the world and what's happening because it's like how can i contribute if i don't understand Mm -hmm. Mm. right Mm. how can i truly help and so yeah again um everything that I've been doing both lately with cards, books, you know, free stuff, paid, you know, courses is all about how do you become, as you said when we started, the version of you that you love and want to keep refining and exploring Mm. and sharing with others. Mm. So powerful. Thank you so much, Ina. Um, Yeah, it's been such a refreshing and deep and, yeah, beautiful, soul-nourishing conversation. So thank you. And it's such an honour to have you in the flesh as well. (laughs) And I appreciate it because even, you know, because for me as well, it's it's so beautiful to, 
and go on a journey of a sharing and a discussion into areas that I feel are rich, you know, yeah. are full of richness and possibility for both, you know, us here right now and mm. and other people. Mm. So I, I so deeply appreciate this. It was wonderful. Thank, Thank you. you. Anna. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit subscribe, follow and consider leaving us a review. And don't forget to come and join us on social media. We are at Witches Being Witches on Instagram and we would love to see you in our Facebook group, the WBW Coven. We'll see you next time, fellow witch. Thanks for listening to Witches Being Witches. Remember, happiness is the new rich. Inner peace is the new success, health is the new wealth, and kindness is the new cool. We'll see you next episode.